Well, I'm so thankful tonight. You know, tonight actually, you might not know this, but tonight actually almost didn't happen. I was, as I, you know, this morning I had to have a, a test done, and I had to, one of the requirements for the test is I had to be, I had to be extremely tired. That's a weird thing, but I had to be extremely tired, and and so I was, and 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 by the time I got home, I was just like, man, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not feeling. I even sent my wife a message. I said. Uh, you know, I was like, do you mind if we cancel tonight? I just don't know if I can do it, you know, and she's and she didn't get to be able to respond to me right away And then and so I kind of dozed off and I woke up with revelation Pouring out of me, you know, and and and, and it was this this message that God had actually prepared in me uh, earlier last week But I uh, had just given me like new life to it. Amen And and so I felt that and so I was very thankful for that. Amen. And, and just God reminds me sometimes, you know, in, the, in those, the, when, when we can't do anything else in our flesh, we just get to that place of rest and he'll move on us. Amen. Now I'm looking for chickens here and I didn't see any. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. <clears throat> in case you didn't know, Jess asked me if she could dress up as a chicken for tonight. And I said, well, I was like, we don't have a dress code technically, so... Yeah, you know, if you came in, we're not going to kick you out. Praise the Lord. So glory to God, and, 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 and it's all good. But, but I, I am very excited for this message. I actually, I actually got so excited for this message uh, that I, this new concept came to me that I had never really felt before. But I, I told my wife this. I said, I really have this desire in my flesh to want to live in two places, uh, two periods of time at once. I want to live in this week and next week. Um, I am hoping that I, I know there's no way I can get everything out uh, this week. And so I'm, I'm uh, hoping, you know, God willing, we'll get into the rest of it next week. But, you know, there, there, there's just something uh, about it that it's just like it was so fresh in me. And so I, I would ask you to contend with me the rest of this week to just to just trust God that 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 freshness of that message would stay uh, throughout the week because I believe that this will help us and it'll be a great help to us tonight. Amen. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, uh, we're still in this vein. Uh, this, this whole series, I believe, uh, this whole set of Tuesday meetings is just going to be trajectory of the Spirit somehow. So, you know, at first we started off with just that as a title, but in parts four and one, two, one through four, I think, and then we added some other things in. But they've all been in that vein. But tonight is still in that vein, trajectory of the Spirit. Uh, but tonight is a very, very important message. Did you get it in there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's the flesh versus the spirit. And this is part one. And we're going to be talking about this. This is something that God has been really, really kind of developing. You know, this isn't just developed over the course of one week or one time of studying. But this has been, you know, my life has been a trajectory of the spirit, right? Our, our year has been a trajectory of the Spirit. Like for us as ministers, as I minister, as I prepare and all these things that God's building, it's like I, I see him building things and I think, oh, that's good for this week and that week. But then I get, you know, a bunch of weeks down the road and all of a sudden I realize, man, God was building me up to this point here all those other times. Amen. And so if you're good, you'll learn to recognize that. But you know, as I as I was preparing this this set of uh, this tonight's message, uh, I was getting ready to minister. Uh, God brought me some scriptures to really uh, kind of just kind of solidify things, kind of bring things home a little bit. And so, uh, I want to start off with these scriptures. I'm going to ask you not to turn to them, write them down, look at them later. But this this really has a lot to do. So the first one uh, is Romans 1:18 through 20. And of course, I quote this in some way a lot. 
but it says the wrath of God is being revealed against, uh, or from heaven against all the, uh, the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And so the first thing we see here is that truth is only suppressed in wickedness, and wickedness suppresses truth. So if somebody or something is suppressing truth, they can't be doing it by the Spirit of God. It can only be, uh, now it doesn't necessarily mean that they absolutely had an evil heart. Maybe they just given into the wickedness and not even known it, but that's the truth, amen? So verse 19 says, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other, things, in other words, what we can know about God, the most that we can know about God, can be seen in creation. And that's a really interesting point. Now I want to bring up one other scripture, Psalm, uh, Psalm 19.1. And when I do this, I want you to remember here when we're reading the Psalms, Psalms were poetry, and so they're written poetically, right? And that's important for us to understand because not, every, not necessarily everything is just referring to one thing, but sometimes it's a, it's a poetic way of saying something, if you understand poetry at all. But it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Amen? And uh, what, what this is saying is basically the same thing we just read, that creation yeah. is speaking about God. And this is important as we get into this, this message because there, there's, uh, over the years, one of the things I've seen a lot of different times is people often categorize and separate the spiritual realm and the, the natural realm. And, and although there is differences to them, we have to understand that we've been made spiritual in a natural realm. Yeah. And so those things, are, 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 they're not mutually exclusive. They work together. We understand this, that, that, that everything that has been made came out of the spirit realm. But you understand this, that the, the, the heavens, the creation, you can say, declares the glory of God. And that's an important thing for us to understand. Now, this is not speaking about corrupted things. This isn't speaking about evil. It's not speaking about sin. But this is speaking about God's creation is to reveal his glory. And why is it done that way? Because God created it that way. God created creation to reveal his glory. And that understanding is imperative to understanding what the, the things that we're going to get into in, this, in, in these series of messages or whatever. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, so with that, we can kind of jump off, but we need to keep that understanding that, that uh, now that doesn't mean that every single thing we do is always just glorifying God. But when things work, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like this. If you think about this, like, you, you know, people, when a baby's born, they're like, oh, birth is miraculous. But you know, birth isn't really miraculous. It's, it's not. It's just not. It's a wonderful thing. It's an exciting thing. It's an amazing thing, right? But birth is not miraculous. Miraculous is something that happens opposite or outside of God's already established order. And so, in other words, you know, when the Bible talks about an axe head floating, Jesus walking on water, uh, blind eyes being open, arms or legs growing out, or the ear of the soldier coming back, you know, or the dead coming back to life, those are miracles. 
because those are outside of the divine order or divine of uh, the natural order. But uh, uh, something like birth is not a miracle. It's amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's spectacular. It's, it's mind-blowing. What is that? That's not a miracle. That's the glory of God. Yeah. See, when, when, when we understand the way that the, the universe works, when we, when, we get, when we don't really understand it, but we get glimpses of it, scientists, you know, there's whole people that are just devoted to their whole lives to figuring this stuff out. And, and for everything they learn, then they learn more stuff. And it's amazing. And it's miraculous, it seems. But it's not a miracle. It's God's glory. You know, the way that the earth is and how it supports life and its ability to and all of those things, it's, it's God's glory. And us humans, as we come forth and we do the things that we do as humans and we, we live and we just keep going. And, and, and you know, uh, I, I remember when I was in the hospital there and I, I saw my heart beating, you know, and they, they were doing a thing and I was watching my heart beating. And it dawned on me in that moment. It, it was just amazing to me. I said something to my wife, although I don't know as though she got it the same way I did in that moment because God was doing something in me, you understand. But I was like, that, that thing has just been going for, for 48 years. It's just, been, it's just been pumping and pumping and pumping, just nonstop. It hasn't stopped at all. And that's a wonderful thing, right? But it's amazing. And if you live 80 or 100 years, it's, just, it's, it's still doing that, right? It's, just, it's outstanding. And so that's speaking about God's glory. And so we start understanding things through these things. So, so God does not look at his creation and think lightly of it. When we think about God and creation in the book of Genesis, when he, when he created things, what did he say afterwards? He said, and God looked at it and he saw that it was good. He said it was good. He saw that it was good. God claimed that what he created was good. Amen. And so God wasn't looking at his creation and saying these things are bad. He wasn't saying that these things are, you know, uh, the different, the, all, all the different things in creation. God made good. And why are they good? Because they reflect, they're a reflection of his glory. They reflect his glory. Amen. Now, the spirit world is something that we're not often accustomed to because we're very accustomed to the natural world. But we're going to have to understand some things. And I want to understand some things on the, uh, I want to kind of get some things over to you at the onset of this. Now, um, you know, and my and even my understanding of these things has developed over the years. So I've preached on these scriptures and and given parts of them and given what I knew of them. But but then I see God's glory even more in them, and it amazes me the things I'm going to do. But uh, the things I'm going to talk about. But one of the things I want you to understand is when it comes to the flesh, when we see that word, the flesh, uh, uh, in in the Bible, oftentimes what it's referring to is not just human flesh. God doesn't just hate, he's not just hating on human flesh, he's not just looking down on it. But it's, it, it's, it's in specifically in context is usually referring to flesh that has been defiled by sin. Amen? Or flesh that has been given over to sin. Hallelujah. And so it's been corrupted. And because it's been corrupted, why is that so, why does God not like that? He doesn't like that. Because now that corruption is not showing his glory, which he always intended it to do. Amen? And so God intended to show his glory through us. He shows it through all of creation. Amen? So we're not, we're not unique in that way. But we need to understand that when we come at the Bible. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, kind of a secluded verse over there for, this, for the sake of this message. It's not 
secluded in the sense that God put it with a bunch of others. But First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Amen? So who's he sanctifying? You. Entirely. So all parts of you. Now, as we think about each other, as we look at each other, we see the different parts. Unless somebody's missing parts, but we can see clearly the different parts. We have our, you know, our basic parts. We have a, a head, a torso, arms, and legs, you know, hands and feet and fingers and toes. And, and oftentimes we see those as we, as we uh, deal with people. So we, we, we think about those things often when we think about what a person is. In fact, if you ask a little kid to draw a person, they're probably not going to try to draw the spirit. They're probably not going to draw the heart or the brain. What they're going to draw is the, 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 the head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, right? That's what they're going to do. Praise the Lord. And why are they going to do that? Because that's what's commonly thought of. And so when, when we, uh, you know, it's easy to just think of that. But it says here that may the God uh, of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And so we understand that God's purpose uh, or God, what God wants to do in us is cleanse us or sanctify us, make us right, right? Make us righteous, clean us, clean us up. He wants to sanctify us entirely. And it go, uh, goes on to say, um, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, there are some that claim that the real us is our spirit. That that's, that, that's the real us. And honestly, I've said that probably dozens of times over the years since I've pastored. And these are one of those things I'm going to repent to you right now because I've said it in error. I, I thought it was true, but it was just something that I saw uh, that, that later on I saw is not true. Amen? Uh, have you ever, uh, you know, most of us here are not uh, a day old, right? In fact, I don't think any of us are. And so if you're not a day old, surely you've grown in the time that you've, you, you've been here. And there's things that you were pretty sure of and maybe even saw an aspect of early on. That, that now you see completely different. And that's just called growth, right? And that's what we're all called to do. And so don't, don't, don't let it trip you up so much if a preacher tells you, listen, I, I, I didn't see this in its full light before, amen, but, but I'm seeing it better now. And, and I'm not even going to claim now, I've learned in these, these few years, to stop claiming that I've seen something in its full light. Actually, I don't think I've ever claimed that I've seen something in its full light, but that I, 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 I see it in the light that I have now, which is a lot greater than what it, what it was before. Before. But there's some who would claim that the real us is the spirit, right? That this is the thing that goes on to be with Jesus. And, and although there is, uh, you know, that goes on in eternity, and although there is some truth to that, um, this is what I have to tell you. The spirit, I don't believe that. The spirit isn't the real us. The spirit is part of the real us. The other parts of us are our soul. And another part of us is our flesh or our body. 
And so we see, uh, you know, sometimes people talk about this as this three-part nature of man and, and so on and so forth. And there, there is, you know, there, there is a, an aspect of these things that there's separation, no different than, you know, even though my arms and my legs are both part of my body, they're very different parts of the body, aren't they? But they're equally part of the body. And, and so, so we, uh, we can understand this when we look at it this way as well. Our spirits are equally part of the body. Now, I could get into some deeper, uh, deeper uh, talks about this, and we're not going to uh, in this vein, but, you know, this would really, if we understand this, um, we would start understanding Scripture a lot better, too. Yeah. It would help us. You see, everything that you understand accurately when you go to the Bible helps you interpret more accurately. Yeah. In fact, I've learned this, that there's certain things that I've learned that about context and stuff like that, that if somebody's preaching something that isn't true, I can, I can instant, not, and maybe not every time, but it's a lot easier for me to pick stuff out because I'm like, wait a minute, but that doesn't flow in the narrative. Yeah. Amen? And a lot of times what you find is, and I found this as a minister, I found this as a Christian, I found this as a pastor, you know, someone who's studying, whatever, I've just found these things to be true, is that when, when there's a lot of times when there's arguments over different things, it's because somebody somewhere is not seeing the, some fullness or some more of it. And now maybe it's everybody together not seeing the fullness of it, and we have to be okay with that. But we have to understand that if things are truly debatable, and I'm not talking about, you know, stupid things that people try to debate that aren't really debatable about Scripture, but I mean, with things that are truly debatable, what we have to understand is that God has made different parts of the body, just as you have arms and legs and fingers and toes and hands and feet and all the other precious parts of your body, praise the Lord, just as you have those, God's body has this same thing and each thing does not have the same function and one of the problems that I find is a major problem is that when one has a function and they do it well so then they automatically think that they do all other functions well and they don't amen I will never stand before you from this day forward I never have but I never will again I will never stand before you and claim that I have all aspects of even what you need because I don't I can't give you everything you need. I have a piece in your life. There's a function that I have in your life, just as your eye, even maybe I'm like your eyelash, right? People don't think about their eyelashes until one's poking them in the eyeball, right? But your eyelashes have function, and maybe that's all I am to you, and that's fine if that's what God has made me to be for you, and that's what God has made you to be for me. You understand, that's fine. Whatever the function is, it doesn't matter. But just because we do our function well doesn't mean that we do all other functions well. And I've found this with theologians. I've found this with people, that, with, with pastors, with preachers, different kinds of ministers. There's people that understand spiritual things better, and there's people that don't. There's people that understand the deep knowledge of God better than others. And some, you know, I've even found this. There's a difference between uh, New Testament scholars and Old Testament scholars. People that can read the Greek and people that can read the Hebrew. And both of them will bring different aspects of things to the picture. And see, all these things help us when we understand this. But I, I say all this stuff so we can understand that, that these pieces of our body, they have function in God is not looking at our body and rejecting one because it's not the other. God doesn't look at your spirit and say, okay, that's what I want, but your flesh I don't. That's not the way God looks. God doesn't look at your body and say, well, I, I want your body, but not your mind. Amen? 
And so we have to understand this, that, that, that God is not, he did not build us to be three separate persons and one become greater and the other ones don't matter. God created us whole, entirely, and that is what he desires to sanctify. He's not desiring to sanctify us separately, but together as we are, spirit, soul, and body. And if we would understand this, if we could get this grasp, then if we could get a grasp on this, then when we go to the scripture and we start seeing ourselves in the scripture, we're going to understand those things all that much better. Amen? Praise the Lord. But one of the reasons I want to say this is because I'm going to spend a lot of time probably focusing on, again, the flesh versus the spirit. But you have to understand that God does not hate your flesh. He doesn't hate your flesh. He's not against your desires. God does not hate your emotions. God does not hate your ability to think. He does not hate your desire to use your ability to think. Amen? But that doesn't mean that, 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 that those things should just run amok either, right? Uh, we want to keep these things in balance. And in fact, the, the, the one of the biggest problems is with people is when we get out of balance. That is always where our error is, is when we start getting out of balance. Amen? Emotions are good, but not when you let them go too far. Spiritual things are wonderful but not when you let them go too far. Uh, your mind is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. God created it. It's wonderful. It's amazing what the human mind can do. And God created it to do that. And he's well pleased with its ability to do that. Amen? Praise the Lord. But not when it goes too far. Amen? And so God has given us all these pieces of the puzzle to work together. Some people will tell you to reject your mind. And I'm going to tell you that that's utterly stupid. Do not throw out your mind. The Bible does not tell us, it never tells us to reject your mind. You will not find a scripture. I'm convinced. I've not found one yet. If you find one, tell me. I'd be surprised. But I do not believe you will ever find a scripture that says, don't think. You won't. But there's people today that claim you need to be more spiritual than you do mindful. While spirit is good, being spiritual is good. But being spiritual and being mindful is also good. In fact, you cannot be spiritual only and not be mindful or fleshly and be right before God. And the reason I say this is, again, is the Bible doesn't tell us to reject the mind. It tells us to renew the mind. It doesn't say throw out the mind. It doesn't say forget the mind. It says, renew the mind. Amen? It doesn't say, let the flesh do whatever it wants, but to control the flesh with the spirit and with the mind. Amen? And these things work together. Amen? And so uh, as, we, as we delve into this, you know, this is really, really important for us to understand because what happens is, is when we reject one aspect of what we need, we get out of balance, we get out of order, yeah. and we start doing things that, aren't, that God never intended to be done. Amen? Now, uh, turn with me to Jude. It's interesting because this scripture is one of the, the, the fresh things that came to me. Amen? Yeah. 
Uh, Jude is only one chapter long. It's almost at the end of your Bible. In fact, if you do just like I did, you skip over it real quick. Jude uh, 1, verse 17, and we'll read through, verses, through verse 24. It says, But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, In the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. Now, what a mocker is, is also described here when it says they follow after their own ungodly lusts. Amen? Now, I'm not going to sit and try to you know, produce an argument that maybe there's good lusts out there. But the purpose of this is saying that this is what they're doing. People that follow their own ungodly lusts, things that are opposite of God, things that don't, uh, don't glorify him, right? People that follow after those things, they're following, they, they, God calls them mockers. So the Bible here calls them mockers. Amen? Praise the Lord. That, uh, uh, da, 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 oh yeah. These are, these are ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. Okay, so this is what these ones do. They're, 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 they follow after their own ungodly lust, which is really incredibly important. And because of this, because of their own things that they, own, that they desire, listen, it is not divisive to want to know the truth. And it is not divisive to sense something is off and desire to know the truth. That is not divisiveness. And yet I hear this a lot in recent times uh, coming out from the, the, the outside world. I hear this a lot saying that divisiveness is somebody who is seeing something differently and is wanting to get an answer for that. And they talk about it with other people. And so uh, that's divisive. And that's not what the Bible calls divisive. It's clearly put it in context here. And it's told us the one who is divisive is the mocker, the one who is following their own ungodly lust. It is not ungodly to want to know the truth. Jesus said we should desire the truth. In fact, he said if we follow him really truly, we will know the truth. And if that's the case, we have to be good with the truth. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that, that, that love rejoices in the truth. It doesn't rejoice in falsehood. It doesn't in, rejoice in cover-up. It doesn't rejoice in somebody's idea of things. It rejoices in truth. And so therefore it is not divisive to desire to know the truth. Amen? And to be worldly-minded is to reject truth. To be worldly-minded, or, 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 and, and this is what being devoid of the Spirit is. And of course here, uh, I believe that it's talking about the Spirit of God. That, uh, you know, and the idea is that the Spirit of God is not working in this. You know, and so often we're looking for God to work in our lives, and maybe we're looking for God to work in a minister or something like that. And this minister, if they're not preaching the truth, or they're, or they're separating from the truth, praise the Lord, if this is what they're doing, then what they're becoming is devoid of the Spirit. 
In that area, what they're doing is they're, they're promoting lust, they're promoting desires, they, they're following after the things that they want or the things that they believe. And it's not about what they want or they believe. Just as it's not about what you want or you believe. It's not divisive. It's not, being, uh, it's not causing divisions to do this. Quite the opposite. Amen? This is the only true way that we can come together. But it says, but, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves, who are you to keep? Yourselves. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save that's, that's a really important thing. Have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with, uh, uh, and some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Amen. Now I want to back up to verse 23, and I want, to, and this is the, 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 this is why this got in here. This is what, what drew me to this. It was, it was this, this scripture right here. Hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. This is not the garment. Uh, this is not speaking, of course, this is metaphorical, you know. Obviously, it's not really talking about, you know, oh, I, I hated this cloth because, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinful person and I put on this, this flannel and so this flannel must be evil. So I got to hate this flannel and I got to, you know what I mean? That's not what it's talking about. Amen. Uh, that's being too literal, too literal about scripture when it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. But you understand the reason I know I say that jokingly, but the truth is, is some people take things that aren't meant to be that literal, that literal. Um, and so, but this is talking about hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. This isn't just meaning the, the flesh being, oh, oh, you're a human. And so it's, no, it's what it's talking about is that sinful flesh devoid of the spirit. That, that flesh that's a mockery towards the things of God. That, that, that flesh that hates the truth that's, that's after nothing but its own worldly lust. That's the flesh that it's talking about. So when it says this here, it doesn't mean that all flesh pollutes. And, and we can get into trouble when we start seeing it from that standpoint. Now some of you might be sitting here and saying, I, Pastor Jeff, I've never heard anybody talk about any of this. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's fine. But you might at some point. And if you do, then you know the truth. Because you can see it right here in Scripture, right? Um, God does not hate your flesh. He hates the flesh. Or, or he hates the garment, the flesh. He, he hates that which is polluted. And sometimes our body is referred to as a tent or a garment as well. But he hates that, that which is polluted by, uh, by, by lustful flesh. You understand? And so this is, this, this is what God rejects. You know, when we look at our bodies, um, you, you know, sometimes, I mean, you, you know, you might look in the mirror and you might think, there, there can't be any God in this body, right? And, and I know I can't tell you how many times I've thought that. But God created us just as he did. 
you know, there's there's different um, uh, there's different uh, like measure uh, ways of measuring different things. You know, like people from certain countries, you know, their toes will look like this, or their their fingers might look like this. And and if you have this type of uh, you know, protruding things somewhere on you. This might mean that you were from this group of people or that group of people. And, and, and you understand that God loves all of that, right? We may have our preferences, but God created all of that. The flesh isn't something that bothers him. Your flesh and the things that your flesh carries are not necessarily things that bother him. What God hates is corrupted flesh, polluted flesh. Amen? Um... So this is what you have to ask yourself when you look at this, because there's, there's kind of, a, kind of a, a parentheses I see here in some things that are said um, when he's talking about you keeping you and him keeping you. He said those two things. They kind of parentheses this, uh, encapsulate this, this set of scriptures, right? So who is this you that you're keeping? Or who is this you that he's keeping? Some people would say that it's, it, well... If, if it's you, he's keeping you, it must be your spirit. But that can't be the truth. Because your spirit is not the one who is operating according to worldly principles. That's not what this is referring to. This is about keeping your body under, your in the flesh that's corrupted, amen? Praise the Lord. And so, so, so this is what it's referring to. And so when we understand this, this you that's keeping is the parts of us that need to be kept. Now, our spirits are kept by God. If, you, if you've been born again and, and, and you've been saved, you go to heaven, God is, you, you know, we, we've gone through that spiritual rebirth. And of course, we talk about that. You know, when you say one must be born again, that's what they're talking about is being born again spiritually. You know, but there, there, there is a time when your flesh will also be born again. Do you know that? We're going to see that as we, as we go into the scriptures more. But there's a time when your flesh gets redeemed. But it's not yet. Praise the Lord. Your spirit is for, uh, born again now. Your flesh will be redeemed later. And we're going to see this in scripture. But I want to pull up a, a scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.22. It says, talking about he set his seal of ownership on us. And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Now, if you, before I read the rest of it, well, guaranteeing what is to come, okay? If you go to the store, you remember when I was growing up, there was something that was real popular at Hills. It was called layaway. Does anyone know what layaway is? Yeah. I don't know if anyone even does layaway. I know my mom does because that's how I know about it. Amen. But layaway was for when you wanted to buy something for probably generally when my mom was like, want to buy something for the kids for Christmas, can't afford it now, but I know what they want. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go there, I'm going to put it on layaway, I'm going to put down a deposit, and what they're going to do is they're going to hold it for me and I'm going to go make the payments on it, right? But look at, that's exactly what this, the Bible says here. It says, but his spirit, in, he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Oh, that's beautiful. Some versions say as a guarantee, but uh, I love this version. It says deposit. He deposit. He put a deposit down on us, guaranteeing what is to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we 
God's, God, God is all the things that he says he is. But we have to understand that there is a timeline and a fulfillment of all things. And that fulfillment in all things isn't just today. It wasn't just 2,000 years ago. But there is a, otherwise we wouldn't need a deposit. Because if you purchased it all, like God purchased it all, you, you understand. But the fullness of what's coming, there's a process getting us there. And that process is not just something we have to understand. It's something that we have to understand is incredibly important to God. There's a reason that God didn't just make it all over right now. Do you understand that God, God isn't, uh, he, he's not like, you know, when I, 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 I watch these home, you know, these home improvement shows, you know, and if you're seeing them, they're like, oh man, we got, we got 12 hours to get all this work done. And I'm like, there ain't no way that those four people are getting that done in 24 hours, much less the next 12 hours. Oh, we stayed up all night. Yeah, you and a crew of 50 people stayed up all night working on it. And that's why it got done. But the paint's still wet. But you understand that God can paint without leaving wet paint. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, so God has a way of being able to do things. You know, he has a way of making things instantly if he wants to bring them about instantly. God has a way of being able to do that. So God's process you know, uh, yes, it, 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 it's, a, it's a time process. We are redeemed, but we are being redeemed. What you struggle with is not being fully redeemed, walking in that. And what I mean by that is you deal with your body, which is not fully redeemed. You want it to work like your glorified body would, but it doesn't always and some people make the claim that this can just happen, but I'm just going to tell you, you can keep making that claim. They can keep making that claim, but you're going to still see people that it's not happening in. Because God's process is God's process. And to think otherwise is thinking opposite of what God thinks about. Now, you can desire this all you want, but we have to understand that this is very, very important for us. Amen? Praise the Lord. And it's really especially important. Man, I, I don't want to get there quite yet. Yeah, this is... This is what, you know, I, I, I've referred to it in other messages, and I'm going to continue talking about it. This is a real common, um, uh, uh, really commonly held belief. It's what is referred to as the already but not yet. Amen? We are already saved, but we're also not yet saved. In that, you know, you're not saved today. Are you saved from all the ills of this world today? I can't think of anybody who would actually stand up and say yes, because we still have the things that we deal with. What is that? That is in the being redeemed. We are redeemed, but we're also being redeemed. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible talks about, and we're not going to necessarily get into that in this, this series, but the Bible talks about, uh, in, in that moment, actually in, in Thessalonians, I can't remember, it's first, I think it's First Thessalonians, it talks about, in, you know, uh, we, we, we won't all see death, but we all will be changed in the twinkling of an eye when this, this corruptible will put on incorruptible. In other words, our bodies get redeemed too. And they get changed in the twinkling of an eye. And, and that change is that work that's, that's ridding us finally of that corruption. It's the bodies that we will live with. But brothers and sisters, we are not going to be ghosts, apparitions, floating around in the, the neither world, just kind of out there on clouds and stuff like that. We have a body that will be given to us in that time. 
And that body is going to be a body of flesh. It's it, it, not necessarily exactly the way we understand flesh, but it, it, it's, it's, the, it, it's, a, it, it's a new... Uh, how do we know this? Because when Jesus got his redeemed body, his glorified body, they were able to touch him and feel him. And not, well, yeah, see him, but they, more so they could, he said to Thomas, he said, put your fingers in the holes. Put your hand in my side. Jesus sat and ate with them. He physically ate. It wasn't an apparition. It wasn't God pretending. It wasn't some kind, you know what I mean? It wasn't God just like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like food changing to fake food and just, you know, it, 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 no, that's not the way it was. And, and, and listen, I, I'm giving you, uh, you, you know, an understanding of, of it without being able to fully comprehend because I can't fully comprehend God or what God's going to do. I can't fully comprehend that world because my finite mind won't allow me to do that. You know, and, and neither will yours. But but we we see these things, uh, uh, you know, in a, uh, we see these things uh, uh, laid out in Scripture. Now that that fleshly body that we'll have will not be one that uh, that is necessarily, uh, from my understanding of Scripture, anyways. And this could change, but my understanding of Scripture is that that body that we get will not be a body that is subject to things like uh, necessarily walls. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, I thought about this. It's kind of interesting. It'd be like the angels. And actually, there's a scripture that says we'll be like the angels, right? Um, and how are the angels? The angels can, they can be physical, very physical, um, to the point where, and there's a lot of understanding of this, I can't get into all that, but they can be physical, to they interact just like a physical being, but they can also walk through a wall. Well, that's pretty amazing, right? I don't understand how that works. My mind always goes to this, well, if you can walk through a wall, how can you stand on the floor? And would you just fall right through? I don't know how it works, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, but somehow they do. Maybe the pads of your feet are the only thing that don't. But then you'd leave them behind as you walk through the wall. You know what I mean? You get to your feet and you would just be like, you just see people's, you know, angels' feet and the soles of their feet in the wall. I don't think it works that way, but amen. So, uh, praise the Lord. So, uh, yeah, so he's, he set uh, uh, his seal of ownership on us, which is his spirit, which says a whole lot to us. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.16 is another scripture I want to pull up real quick. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Amen? And so we understand this. This, this body is decaying, but that doesn't mean that God hates this body. It's decaying because of sin. But this body will be transformed into a new... Now, uh, transformation is an interesting thing because the Bible uses that term. You know, we think about, I, I, at least I think about Romans 12 too, where it says, you know, uh, don't, don't uh, uh, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we know that that means a change in from one thing to another. When I was a kid, I loved transformers. Uh, they were more than meets the eye, yeah. you know, and, and that's why I loved them so much. And, and, and it was like, it was so cool because it was like two toys in one. You'd have a jet. No, it's a robot. And if it was really cool, it'd be a fighting robot, you know, and they'd have other aspects to it. I remember I, we had one that would like play tapes, you know, or not real tapes, but they were. And then even the tape, you know, remember the tape, the cassette tapes? 
some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but the cassette tapes and even the cassette tape would transform into a, and what is that? It wasn't, it wasn't that it was, you, it threw out everything that it was or all properties of what it was, but it changed into something else. And the Bible uses that terminology, that transformation. And I think that God has given us examples of that in this natural world. Remember that the natural world speaks of the spiritual world. It tells us about our Heavenly Father. And when you think about things like a butterfly, doesn't start off as a butterfly, but it starts off as a caterpillar or some sort of worm, and then it goes into a cocoon and it transforms, it metamorphosizes into something else. But it's still, it, everything within it was there to be able to do that. And I would say that within our spiritual DNA, I would, I would gather that the ability for our transformation has already been put inside of us. And even if it isn't, even if I'm wrong in that, that's just my, you know, that's just my thought. It could be wrong. But even if it's wrong, somehow God's going to transform us into that new, that new flesh, that new body. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we understand that this body is wasting away. But why does all this stuff matter? This stuff matters because when we read some of the scriptures, especially some of the stuff that we're going to get into, and some of the things, I mean, the reason that I wanted to be able to preach all these services all at once was because when I started seeing things like scriptures that are so important to me, all of a sudden my mind was just like, I couldn't believe it. Because now, like what didn't make sense makes so much sense. Or now what was kind of, you know, I, caught, I kind of thought I figured it out finally. Now, no, it's like, it's, it's simple. Lord, I see what you're doing. See, that's true revelation of God is that when you, when you get into the word and you study it and you seek God and you, and you go about your life and you live your life after him and you're, you're looking for God here and you're looking for God here and then you get into the word and all of a sudden God shows you something new, not new in the sense that it didn't exist before, but it's new to you. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's new to you. Nobody else has ever sat in that seat the one that you're sitting in because that seat was waiting for you. The revelation that God gave you was the seat God was... You, you understand what I mean? It doesn't mean that God's only going to give us each our own revelation that nobody else can have and nobody... But when God makes it real to you, it's like, man, this is awesome. That's what I've been looking for. I wish God would do that every time. Faith, true faith, is shown in people that don't have revelation every second of the day but still seek after, after it, knowing that someday it'll come. Amen. True faith is when you press through when sometimes it's, oh, it's hard to read this genealogy in the Bible. It's hard to, you know, to read this chapter or that chapter. It's hard to hear that again, you know, or to just get into it again. But those days when you have revelation, when your heart is opened, amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And that's where God is bringing two worlds together. When he's bringing your flesh and your, or probably more worlds than that, think of your, your, your mind world. You know, sometimes your, your flesh world doesn't work according to your mind world. Have you ever wished you could do something? You look at it, it's like, I, I can see how that's done. And in my mind, I can see me doing it. But there ain't no way that this flesh is going to get there and do it. Amen? I was a gymnast in high school. And uh, uh, since I've been out of high school, I'm far from being a gymnast. And the things that I once did, I can still do in my mind. I can see it. I can process it. I can think about it. I can even remember how it feels in my mind. Yeah. 
But, you know, if I got up there and tried it, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Amen? I'd pull something. I'd hurt something, right? Praise the Lord. But, but, but true revelation is when God brings these worlds together. And this is what he's doing is, is this process of us being here on the earth as we're walking this time, you know, this time out. Our, we're walking our days out, so to speak. And this is why we really need to learn to look at our days differently because as we're walking these days out, what we're doing is we're, we're stepping into these other worlds. God has redeemed our spirit as a, as a down payment, as a deposit, as a guarantee that, that, that I put the best in you so more's coming, Amen. But then the rest of this time walking this out should, should be us desiring these things and finding these things and, and learning these things and, and not, just, not just getting something because some preacher preached it, but you know those moments when something was preached and, and maybe you've even heard it preached a thousand times, but that one time that it's preached and it settles in your heart and something changes on the inside of you and you're like, my God, my God, what is happening? Something has changed. I don't know what it is, but I know that it has. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, that's, that's what God is doing. He's bringing these worlds together. This is a process. We are in a process. Already, we're already redeemed, but we're not yet fully seeing that. And we have to be okay with that and not get too focused in the areas where that redemption we wish would be there, even though it's not what God has ordered yet. Caterpillars are neat. There's a lot you can learn from watching a caterpillar, I would imagine, right? I've never watched one for too long, but I've watched them long enough, you know. But uh, there's a process of time before that thing becomes a butterfly. And there's reason for that. God ordained that reason. There's a reason that, you know, there's, there's some things. Uh, I was watching this, this, this documentary. It was amazing. Um, amazing to teach you about just one little aspect of God's glorious creation. And it's not even a Christian documentary, but it's called My Octopus Teacher, I think is what it's called. If you got Netflix, you can watch it. And it's this guy who actually went through this period of time changing his life, and he was a photographer. But at any rate, he ended up befriending this octopus. And, and this octopus, uh, octopus has a lifespan of, of, of like, I think it's, uh, it's like one year. At least this, this certain kind, I don't know if all of them do, but at least this kind, has a lifespan of one year. And so they grow, and when they're, when they're born, they're little, little tiny, almost un, un, unseeable. They're just little tiny, almost like the size, even smaller than a fly, like the, the size of a, a gnat or something like that. They're really tiny, and uh, you know they're, they're, they're born, and in that year, they grow fully into what they're going to be. In fact, at one point in this documentary, this uh, shark had gotten one of the tentacles uh, off this octopus and taken it away, removed it. And this octopus looked like it was going to die, and then it went into this process, and it actually grew a new arm. All of this in one year, right? Um, a banana. When I was over there, I learned about bananas when I was in Kenya. It's bananas. I'm telling you. But, but I learned about bananas, and it's interesting. Those bananas grow in one season. That whole tree. I mean, they're huge trees. The stalk is like that thick. Uh, they grow in one season. They produce bananas, and then they're done. It dies off. And then there's other shoots that come up. Yeah, it's just like it, it, when it dies off, another shoot comes up and the process goes over and over again. See, some things God can make grow real quickly. 
Some things happen almost overnight. They change overnight. But then you think of the, the, the lifespan of a human. Nine months in the womb. Developing and growing. And even then it doesn't stop. It gets out and that baby that's born is not ready to go out into the world and conquer the world. Some animals, like octopus, when they're born, they're on their own. They don't, they're never taught. Instinctively, they do things. They're never taught by, their, by, by parents anything. They never learned anything. And they're incredibly intelligent creatures. But, uh, but, 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 but humans, you know, they have a process of time where, 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 they, where they, 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 they grow. And see, God has processes. And he's okay with processes. God is not moved that some things take a long time. And he's not moved that some things take longer time. God is okay with it. And we need to learn to be as well. God, it, but the, the faith comes when we understand that God is doing something all along regardless. But he's doing it according to his way. And when we try to, when we try to import our desires into functions of scripture, what we do is we miss God's process. We say, well, we want it sped up. We want to, we want to speed it up, right? We want to make it faster. We want to make it better. And although God has made some things adaptable that way, you know, plants, grapevines, for example, if you prune them and, and, and keep them, they will produce lots of fruit. But wild grapevines don't produce grapes that can do much. Amen? So God has created that process, and he's okay with that. But you understand that there's spiritual things, there's spiritual laws, uh, 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 spiritual processes, I want to say, actually. I'm going to get away from saying spiritual laws, but um, praise the Lord. Although I'm not saying there isn't any, but I'm just trying to, you know, praise the Lord. So turn with me. Oh, man. I didn't even get as far as I thought I'd get, so I knew I wasn't going to get it all. Turn with me to Galatians 5. I typically, you know, on Tuesdays, again, I typically plan to go a little bit because we're going deeper into some things and I want to be able to get into some things. So we'll go a little bit over, but I'm going to try not to go 45 minutes over. Again, at any point, if you're just like, hey, I just got a, I got a jet, then jet. Nobody's going to judge you for it. Um, praise the Lord. But sometimes we just got to get some stuff done, right? So Galatians 5. Verses 16, we're going to start in verse 16. And, and this is where my mind started just being blown away. And it goes much further than this. But, but I saw, and actually this is where Galatians 5, 16 is actually where really the, uh, I should say where the heart of it, the heart of it in my knowledge, my recognition was born, okay, when I read this, because I read it differently than I ever had. Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, I, um, this is what, what got me, that walk by the Spirit. Because I, I, I often, when I, when I read this, and, 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 and try to interpret this and understand this, you know, when, when we see this word spirit there, I, 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 I want to think, you know, you know, being led by the spirit, which there's truth to that, but it's, it's, not, it's not the fullness of the truth. The Bible tells us to walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. 
So this, this is telling us to do something in the natural without using, it almost would appear without using the natural. But you remember what I said to you about the flesh, the way God looks at the flesh. When, when, when we understand this in context, God is not saying that your flesh is not something you can't walk by. He knows that if you walk, you're going to walk in the Spirit. Now, this isn't technically talking about walking like I'm walking back and forth right now. But as we walk out our life, as we go about our life, and some people, I think, erroneously interpret this to mean that they live a life in the Spirit separate from the flesh. And I think that's a big problem. Because what I've seen is, is I've seen people who have tried to do that um, that way to separate the spirit and the flesh and to, to live according to this, this spiritual world and not the flesh world. And what I've seen is people that make really, really horrific errors. In fact, what's interesting here is when we get into the, the, the fruits of the spirit, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, when we get into those, when people who do this separate the spirit and flesh out, just completely. When I'm not talking about separate the flesh in the sense of, uh, you, you know, uh, the sinful flesh, I'm talking about your actual flesh. That's the way they try to do it. They, they want to be spiritual, more spiritual people, right? When people do this, what they do is they start losing the fruits of the Spirit, and almost, almost always the first casualty is love. Almost always the first casualty of living in this weird spiritual idealized world is they sacrifice love. It's the first one. And, and, and they try to pull on the others, but, but, but what they do is they separate them out, and you can't do that because, because Paul was not telling the Galatians to not live according to your flesh anymore, to forget about your flesh, to throw away your mind, or any of those things. Actually, when we read in context, what we're about to see is that he's talking about the flesh that is defiled. This is not flesh in general, amen? You have to operate in the flesh because you live in the flesh. If you didn't, it would see, the thing is, is, is we think to be spiritual, you can't somehow. God did not create the spirit and the flesh to work apart from one another. He created them to work together. They work in unison. My flesh right now is, is carrying me about this room. My flesh is speaking out to you. My flesh... It's you, when you hear my voice that's put together from my vocal cords, which are my flesh, but God's spirit, at least I believe, is working on the inside of me, producing this message, to produce these words, to project these things, these ideas that I couldn't come up with, that I never came up with, that I didn't see, but God's spirit is working in me. And that's when, we, when you minister, if you understand, if you've ministered and you understand ministering by the spirit, that's exactly what happens. It's always my flesh. And that's why when you hear something, you're like, oh, I don't like that so much. I don't know about that. I don't think that's really right. See, if you hear something like that in me, what you're hearing is my flesh. Yeah. You're, not hearing, you're, you're not hearing God's spirit aspect of it. But you understand, as we learn to yield our flesh and the spirit together, they work together to produce something good. When the spirit or the flesh is yielded to the spirit, and this is exactly what this is talking about, the direction of the spirit, the understanding of the spirit. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to show you something real quick. Can you just pull up for me uh, John 6, 63? Look what Jesus said here. 
it is the spirit who gives life. Life is what? Life is what we experience, right? Life is, we're animated life, praise the Lord. Eternal life, the spirit gives that as well, right? The flesh profits nothing. It means it profits us nothing, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it, it doesn't give us the life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. God's words, so his very words are spirit. See, think about that. We read the words, and people can read God's words and never have them affect them. But God's words are spirit. They can change us. They can, as we give ourselves to it, as we, as we, as we uh, desire to know him, as we come to the scriptures, as we, as we see him, as we learn to see him in the scriptures, God's scriptures, his words, are spirit. They're spirit-produced. They're spirit-born. And they change things in the spirit world, the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, so, so you understand that, that God's words are, so this, 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 this very act, the words that Jesus, when he was here in the flesh, he was here in the flesh, human flesh. He wasn't an apparition. He wasn't fake. He was fully human when he was here. He wasn't just a picture. It was really him. It was a, really, a real man, flesh and blood. Amen? Full of the Holy Spirit, and he was still all God. It's an amazing mystery. Some of us, you know, I, I think any of us probably could never fully understand that. But, well, praise the Lord. Um, so go back to where we were. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. This is talking about the flesh that's defiled. And the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Now listen, as I minister the word of God, my natural inclination is not to do this. My natural inclination is not to serve God. It, my natural inclination is not necessarily even to be nice to you. Right? And yours isn't to be nice to me. Your, our natural inclinations are to fulfill the desires of the flesh. That's why so many people are doing it, because that's all they operate according to, right? And so we understand that, that the natural inclination of the flesh is to go astray. But a, a, a flesh that has been rejuvenated by a spirit, by the spirit of God, praise the Lord, has been reborn, starts doing things that are spiritual. The act of preaching, the act of ministering, when you show somebody love, when you show somebody kindness, when you step out true godly kindness, you understand when you, when you, when you, you know, you, you take your hard-earned money and you put it, some of it in an offering bucket. What are you doing? You're doing spiritual things. Your natural inclination was not to do those things. Your natural inclination was not to give money away to something that you can't see where it goes. Right? I mean, whose was? Praise the Lord. And so this is what this is talking about. This is not talking about just throwing out our flesh. But this is talking about flesh that's defiled. And then it goes on. Uh, well, I want to bring up another scripture real quick. Galatians 6, 8. We're going to go through Galatians 25, and then we're going to, we're going to kind of end there. Uh, Galatians 6, 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We live in the flesh, please, looking to please the Spirit if we want eternal life. When we just want to satisfy ourselves, just take care of ourselves, do our own thing. I don't want to follow after God, I want to do my own thing. What do you, you read destruction. 
You understand? See, the, this isn't throwing our flesh out and saying, your flesh doesn't matter, your flesh is no good, everything, you know, I, I know the Bible says that, you know, I know that in my flesh, I think it was Paul that said, in my flesh nothing good dwells. You know, meaning that in, in, in the, the, the natural fallen nature of man, the, the flesh that wants to do bad, nothing good dwells in that. But that doesn't mean that God isn't redeeming our flesh. It doesn't mean that he's not working in our flesh. If you have a person who is doing the will of God, they are in the process of being redeemed in their flesh. Their flesh is doing things now that are spiritual. Amen. And so, so we, the reason we have to understand these is because we have to understand that, that spirit and flesh are not two worlds apart. Spirit, uh, spirit and flesh come together right here. Right in our midst. That, it, it, that's, that's what's happening is, is God is doing an amazing thing right here. It's not somewhere out there where we can't get it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, so we're going to go back to Galatians 18, and then we're going to just, I'm just going to read through them quickly. You don't need to spend a lot of time on them because we know them. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, to back up everything that I was just saying, listen to what it's talking about. But if, uh, uh, now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Again, the deeds of fallen flesh. I would, I would, I would gather that probably most of the people sitting in this room tonight are not making a habit of living in these things. And if you are, you need to get them right. Because if you're living in these things, you're living according to the flesh, that's death. And just as we just read, death is your future. And of course, death is all our future, but I mean death, in, it's more than just death in the natural. It's death, it could be death in a lot of things. It could be our, our, our livelihood. It could be our, you know, this is why people, you know, a, a Christian who, who backslides and goes out drinking and then gets in a, uh, a, a, maybe a car accident and ends up killing somebody because they went drinking and driving. Yeah, true, they can be truly repentant, but they're still going to jail. That's death in the flesh. You understand that's what it's talking about, right? So I would gather that we're not living in these things. Well, listen, the natural inclination of your flesh is to do these things. That's why when you lived in the world, you did these things or some version of them. Maybe not everything, but you understand we struggle with these things. This is why the world struggles with these things, because this is where, where, where they live. Amen? Um, praise the Lord. Uh, now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. And this is really important here. I want you to pay special attention to this. And things like these. It's not just those things. These are not exhaustive lists. Things and things like these. So things in that realm of stuff, right? Praise the Lord. Oh, I am going over. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Um, which, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I want you to pay attention here. Against such things. It's another way of saying the same thing we just read. Things like these. What I learned, this is one of, the things, one of the many things that blew my mind in here. I don't believe that this is an exhaustive list either. I don't think that the fruits of the Spirit are just summed up in these nine things. And why do I say it? Because it says the same thing. And 
against such things, things like this. Yeah. Amen? Um, there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it says, it, it, uh, oh, wait, I better read the last one too, verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Amen? And so that's exactly, what, if we live by the Spirit, then let us walk by the Spirit. Could, you, you, you know, with like, like, like we know when we're doing something, what, what can things like these on either, either the bad list, the good list, what are things like these? What could be things like this? How about this? You're going, you're going along, do, going about your life, and you, you're trying to live right, righteous before the Lord, and you're, you're doing pretty good. You're reading your Bible, you're praying, you're going to church, uh, you know, you're serving God, you're doing all the stuff, right? The stuff that we should all be doing anyways if we're Christians. And you're just going about your life doing the stuff, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, you're going to do something, you're like, ah, I don't, I don't feel right about this. Things like these. Yeah. This doesn't mean you have to go preach about it. Maybe, it may, maybe it's eating something. For me, I'm just telling you, it's standing in line at the grocery store and looking down at the giant candy bars, one after one after another. Now, I don't, it's not that I don't eat candy. I do eat candy. But I'm telling you that in that place, I've had to crucify my flesh. Because every single time I'm in that line, i got to buy it. I'm not telling this for anyone else, because that's just for me. Yeah. Now, I eat chocolate other times. That's not the issue. But the issue, or it can be an issue, but that's not the issue. The issue was, is every time I was in a line, I see one, I grab it. I'd see one, I grab it. I'd see one, I grab it. It was controlling my flesh. And so now, I'm exempt from being able to do that, at least for, I mean, it's been years like that for me. I can't just do that. Every once in a great while, I, I, I go ahead and do it, but. But, I mean, really, it's a once in a great while. What is that? Things like these. You understand? See, sometimes we, we want to put God in a box that he wasn't ever trying to be in. Oh, say, well, if you do this, this, and this. You know, there's lots of people that are talking about the, the you know, tonight's Halloween, right? And you know, I know there's different Christian or different ideas on what Christians do and, and stuff like this. I don't have a, kid, a problem if a kid dresses up as a, as a superhero or something like that and goes and gets candy. I don't have an issue with that. And if you do, I don't have an issue covering a pumpkin because I'm not, I'm not sacrificing to some God. I'm not doing it for some kind of ritual. It has nothing to do with that. Now, if you have an issue with it, that's perfectly fine with me. I don't have, a, I don't have a problem with that. But, the, but, 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 but I understand what the freedom of the law, the, the freedom of the law of, the law of freedom in Christ is. I, I, I understand what that is, at least for me, and I'm completely justified in the things I do. And if I'm not, I'll stand before him and I'll answer for it. That's nobody else's business, but you understand. And it isn't either with you. But as we're doing these things, see, the flesh, uh, there, there are things of the flesh that are bad, but there are things of the flesh that are good as well. Amen? Praise God. There are plenty of people that claim to be spirit-led, touting supernatural experience, um, but this supposed leading looks nothing like what it is clearly given to us as spiritual fruit. There are people that have visions and dreams, encounters with God, or so they claim. But these things don't make you spiritual. Your sinful flesh, empowered to live righteously by a regenerated spirit, is spiritual. See, when your sinful flesh has been regenerated, to live righteously. righteously. Living righteously is not in our nature. Right? We are flesh beings. We are soul beings. And we are spirit beings. All together, all at once. God has redeemed our spirit to guide our flesh 
until the day of redemption. And this is what the big battle between walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh. And we're going to get into more of this because I don't know if you thought about this yet, but I, I, I had this thought and it's going to be coming up. Oh, does Romans 8, 14 say, as many as are led by the spirit of God, brothers and sisters, this all works into it. It all works into it. And so as we go forward, we have to understand that, 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 that what God is doing in us is it's not that he's saying reject part of who I've clearly made you to be. Your, sin, your sinful nature is not what God clearly made you to be. But your flesh nature is something God made you to be. He made Savannah, Savannah. He made Alyssa, Alyssa. You can go poke them. Don't, but you can. And, it, and if you do, you're poking them. That's what you're doing, right? You're poking their DNA and their, their cells. That's them. God made that. And he's good with that. He loves that. And the same with all of you. Amen? He's made us who he's made us to be. To work together praise the Lord, towards that, that, the fullness of that redemption. That redemption, uh, of course, you know, and again, we are saved. Yes, I understand that. I'm not taking any salvation away from us. But we understand, right? Do, uh, does anyone argue with that? We understand that we, are, that, that we aren't fully redeemed in the sense that we still deal with the ills of life. You know, full redemption includes all the ills of life are gone. We're not going to be in heaven when we're fully redeemed, suffering from, from a backache. Oh. Headache, oh, you know, too short, too tall, whatever. You know, we're not going to suffer from those things. It all is going to work together. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so I hope that you guys understand. I hope this has at least started us on a, on a path that we, can, that we can grasp. There's much more to this, and I'm excited to get into it. Amen? Praise the Lord. But uh, actually, the entire book, or the entire chapter of Romans 8 is all about this. And we're going to get into that next week. But, um, so if you want to get in there and start reading it, you know, in light of that, you, you can start maybe, you know, the Lord will start showing you things. Amen.